The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 12th chapter. Glory, Glory to, to you, you, O Lord. Lord. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who sent me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, you, O Christ. You may be seated. I assume most of you are familiar with Winnie the Pooh and his cast of friends, Piglet, Tigger, Eeyore, Kanga, and Rabbit. There's been quite a bit written about the different personality types each of, these, of each of these characters, but today I want to focus on one in particular. Go ahead and raise your hand if you have ever identified as an Eeyore. <laughs> yes, that's right. That droopy old gray donkey characterized by pessimism, depression, a general sense of futility about the world, and an overall woe-is-me attitude. I have certainly felt like Eeyore plenty of times myself. And I wonder, perhaps, if the author of Ecclesiastes was a bit like Eeyore too. The main question our readings for today invite us to ponder is, what is it all really for? In Ecclesiastes, the response is a shoulder shrug, hands in the air. What does it even matter? Here I am, toiling away under the sun. It is easier to give in to despair and hopelessness. It is not the text I would have chosen for my final Sunday with you here at St. Paul, but I must admit there are some parts that hit fairly close to my experience. <clears throat> I, Christine, when deacon of ministry at St. Paul, applied my mind and my body and spirit to do all the things on my job description in the areas of administration, family ministry, and worship leadership, plus more. It is an unhappy business that God has given church workers to be busy with. I saw all the deeds that are done under the sun during a global pandemic and throughout a never-ending construction project, and they all ended up on my to-do list. And for what? I must leave it all to others who will be the ones attending the parties and the celebrations and finally getting to see so many projects and dreams come to fruition. So I turned and gave my heart up to despair. Okay, so that's a bit dramatic, right? But it is also true 
I have certainly felt like Eeyore plenty of times during these last three years here at St. Paul. The week when the AC went out in the sanctuary while I was trying to work from the temporary office up in the loft in July. The days when I spent hours on hold challenging an incorrect charge on an invoice. The many times I spent troubleshooting a leaky toilet or broken lift or unexplained internet outages. It hasn't always been easy. And there are certainly times that I have let myself give in to despair. But thankfully, I served here, in this place, with your wonderful selves and fantastic colleagues. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul writes, Be strong and steady, always enthusiastic about the Lord's work, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. And I truly believe that. Even in my Eeyore moments, I know that making sure the lights do actually come on on Sunday morning is an important task. I've found it helpful to shift my perspective about what's going on solely from my experience to our experience. And that's what Jesus is trying to get his followers to see in our gospel today, too. Someone is looking for advice about how to get his brother to share the family inheritance with him. The man is concerned about himself. In response, Jesus tells the parable of the rich man who was blessed with so much that he decided to build bigger barns to store it in for himself so that he could eat, drink, and be merry all by his lonesome for years to come without having to share any of it with anyone. His response to the question, what is it all really for, is simple. Me. Unlike Eeyore, he has the overwhelming self-confidence to declare that not only does he know best what, what he's going to do, whatever it takes, to ensure a secure future for himself. Forget the consequences that decision might have on others. Jesus, in the telling of this parable to his followers, invites another response. What is it all really for? Everyone, everything, the whole world. We do not live just for ourselves. Our toil under the sun is not for our own personal gain. It is also not our own personal struggle. Our readings today challenge us to believe that what we do with our lives, our actions, our work, and our wealth matters to far more than ourselves. The impact of those things can have negative or positive effects on our own well-being in addition to those around us and our surrounding community. Here at St. Paul, we were blessed with an abundant harvest and did decide to build a bigger barn. But we embarked on that project together, knowing that our bigger barn was not just for us. And this week, we are throwing open the doors to invite our neighbors and community in to see and witness to how God is at work here in this place. 
It hasn't been easy. There have been plenty of moments of despair. But it is not about our own toil and labor. It's not about how hard we worked or how much we have. It is about proclaiming God's radical, inclusive love to all people, working for justice and peace, growing in our faith, and doing it together. Because in the waters of baptism, God has already given us everything and told us that we don't have to work for it at all. God's grace to us is a gift, a gift that ensures even on the hardest of days that there is hope, there is assurance, that we are washed clean and given new life to live not for ourselves but for the sake of the world. And you know, that is worth celebrating. In the verse right after our assigned reading from Ecclesiastes today, the author finally comes around to some good news and writes that the best thing to do after all that talk of gloom and doom and despair is just to eat and drink and find enjoyment in your toil. People of God, in just a few moments, we will eat and drink together. We have the opportunity to enjoy, celebrate, and share together the abundant goodness that God has given us at the table, in the font, in the messiness of pandemics and construction and times of transition, in the beautiful intricacies of community. Please know that I am truly sad to be leaving you now when the fruits of our many years of shared labor are so close at hand. But please also know that I am filled with joy and gratitude at the many ways you have blessed me through your care and love for one another and this place. The many things we have accomplished together, the many ways you continue to grow, care, give and share, not only with one another, but our neighbors too, near and far. I am so proud to now be one of those neighbors, enjoying and celebrating God's goodness with you from afar. So what is it all really for? My response, dear friends, is this. Amen.